They smelled bad on the outside. A show that, well, there was this one time we we thought we could spend a weekend in Japan, considering that the emperor was a new guy now, so he probably didn't want our heads. You can only taste the sacred treasures so many times. And I think when we hit our limit, they should have absolved us of all those sacred treasure tasting related crimes. I do. I feel that that... We, that have, we have licked that sword enough times that we will never want to lick it again. No. So it, we're done. We're done. We don't need to talk to you. No, there should be no application of jurisprudence and we should be allowed to continue our free walking ways across this beautiful series of islands with their volcanoes and winter. It's a very strange thing. <laughs> My name's Scott. I'm Jim. And I still don't know why the fuck I'm still here. You live here. I'm Sam. All right. And so, uh, hey, we are brought to you by the Humble Bundle. Buy Humble Bundle. Be humble. Buy bundles. Yes. Link in the show notes. Yay, Humble Bundle. That that is their business model, right? Be humble, buy bundles. Yes. Don't go bankrupt. (laughs) Don't go bankrupt. It is a very good business model. That should be, if you are starting a business, make sure that is the first thing on your list, even before you have determined what it is yourself. Don't be bankrupt. Yeah. It it seems to work out well for at least one corporation. (laughs) Yes. So, pick of the week. What you got, Sam? So, my pick of the week is... Brain farts. No. My pick of the week is a webcomic turned graphic novel series called Check Please. It is about a gay hockey player who just wants to make vlog videos and teach people how to bake goods. It is adorable and words are hard and I love it. Please support Check Please when it comes out in September. It is so cute. Also, he falls for a French Canadian because of course he's. And there's lots of wonderful hockey humor. I think it's Jim's turn. Just why? He's upset because Brew wants to cuddle. Well, it's mostly he's got to try and make up his mind. Don't you're not getting my Rockstar. Rockstar is not for Bulldog. Yeah, all comments brought to you by Rockstar, by the way, when it comes to me. <laughs> to a day, every day keeps life away. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, I don't age right, so that statement can be made. Yeah. Um. Hmm. You know what? I've been playing a bunch of Darkest Dungeon lately. So I will cite my pick of the week as their latest DLC, which is Color of Madness. So, Dark's Dungeon, if you are somehow only tuning into the show now and have never heard us talk about this. It's a glorious, glorious game of failing. And rage. And and not not doing well. Yeah. Um, you will never have so much fun as not doing well with this. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of fantasy-based, great art style. The narration is really one of the Big selling points for it. The I still want. Great. I still want that narrator to get into a rap battle with the Bastion narrator. Yep. yep. But that could be a thing. So the latest DLC is called Color of Madness. Color of Madness is basically their take on Horde mode. Darkest Dungeon is not a game that is forgiving in any way. So Horde mode is hard as fucking balls. It's you are struggling to get any kills in most of the time anyway, and everything in there can dice you into sashimi. 
It's great. Scott, what you got? Uh, I'm also going to, going to go with a video game. Uh, it is. It's also about failure. It's called Into the Breach. You lead a squad of mechs with crazy mech powers to fight giant bugs. Except you lose a lot, but it's okay because you're time travelers and you just shift to the next timeline over where you haven't fucked up. Uh, it's by the guys who made FTL, so it's got great music. It's got a fun little like quasi sixteen bit art style. It it's I I I I dig it. I dig a lot of how you know it asks you to plan moves and shuffle guys around and just smack things. And I lose a lot, but it's good. Time travel is a good workaround for player death. Yes. All right. So uh, we are kicking off Summer of Mecca with the new Pacific Rim movie because they made another one. Yep. Because China, China likes money. Well, they also liked the last one. Yeah. Though this one pulled a question in regards to Star Wars for me. Because why in Star Wars does John Boyega plays a First Order character. First Order is an extension of the Empire. And the Empire has always been distinctly British. Yeah. Speak with an American accent, but otherwise has a British accent as a person. Yes. Like, why did they get him to do an American accent instead of going, well, he's a stormtrooper, so he would sound British. That would be reasonable. I don't know. Like, <laughs> let's go play... Let's, I just want to go home and play FIFA. Yeah. But okay. So, Sam... You were not on the first, the last episode where we talked about Pacific Rim 1. Do you want to tell us what you think of Pacific Rim, Rim, Rim 1 real fast? I love it. More kaiju. Rinku Kikuchi's the best. Idris Elba dies in a horrific way that made me cry like a bitch. That happened to everybody. So, my thoughts on Pacific Rim 1. Loved it. Pacific Rim 2? Well, I have more feelings. Mostly consisting of, John Boyd is adorable, and he steals hot sauce to survive? No, he he sells, sells sto- hot sauce. Yeah. No, he sells stolen things to get hot sauce so he can live in Santa Monica, which is still mostly abandoned because it got done wrecked in the last movie. Well, think about it though; it's a good form of currency. Well, it's that's barter capitalism at yeah. that point. Yeah. Like I'm still convinced that the car that he gave them only had like a thimble full of gas. Oh yeah, no gasoline in that car. Like they're going to round the corner, it's going to die. They're going to go back and be like we're going to fuck him up and he's gone. He's just gone and he has taken his hot sauce Ow. to go hang out in his pool. I was also not aware that you could get sriracha in 12 packs. So mm-hmm. that's that's good to know. That's that yeah. is practical. It's probably a Costco deal, dear. Yeah, that's a Costco thing. We gotta we gotta go on one day. That is, I am pleased to now have this knowledge. This knowledge will serve me well. Yes. Yes, it will. But it was. I liked it. I mean, all things considered. I mean, obviously, it's not the first movie, and it's hard because your brain wants to compare it to the first well, movie a lot. I'm glad it took a different tack from the first one. Yes. Like it is. This this one is straight up the Saturday morning cartoon sequel. Like like you remember Godzilla ninety eight and remember the the, the Godzilla ninety nine cartoon. Yep. It, it's that sort of transition. It's brighter. It's friendlier. It's big goofy fun. But unlike Godzilla ninety nine, the cartoon it is not better than the first. No. Well, admittedly, being better than anything Roland Emmerich made is a low bar to clear. Hey. And this well, this has the misfortune of being the follow-up to a Del Toro movie without, without Guillermo directing it. Yeah. yeah. And that's that shows up throughout this. Like, I liked it. I did. It's, it is definitely the weaker of the two movies, and mm-hmm. lacking 
Del Toro's eye. Just the sense of mass. Yeah. Like, right? these things are moving around. Like, they're basically fighting like they're Sentai characters. And that's cool. Again. Like, again, the Saturday morning cartoon vibe on this is spot on. But when you watch Pac-Rim 1, those things feel massive. Yeah, you're looking at scope, and it's... Yeah, well, and it's, it's not there in this. Well, again, they take the three monsters, and they turn them into one uber monster, and it doesn't feel bigger or meaner no. or slower like, or heavier. It just feels like, oh. Now it's a new monster. Now it's... It, it's it's. I guess that's a toy I could buy. Yeah. Uprising has the awkwardness of being an episode of Power Rangers right down to just... Well, the they even had the green... No, they had. The, they even had the Green Ranger. No, I know. They had the evil mech, and then they had the guy on the rooftop dancing and... Well, God, they, yeah. They Charlie had, Day's fun. Charlie Day's fun. Charlie Day is great in this, but Charlie Day is great in just about everything. I, I, I like the camp, though. I think it was nice that they went for a campy approach just because... This is a lot less of a serious movie. I mean, the most serious moment happens dead in the center with poor Rinko Kikuchi's character being killed off. And you also get... They lose one of the new cadets near the end. Yes. Right? Yeah. And he dies in a pretty horrific way, yeah. all things considered. But for the most part, like, this is a high-energy movie. It's excitable. It's like the kid with ADD. Because there's just also too much happening in it. Yeah. It's like, Scott Eastwood is grumpy... Because, because John so Boyega is not doing not it. doing his job, except then he is doing his job, and that makes Scott Eastwood grumpy. Well, but <laughs> then they're buddies again because there was something there before. I I before the four times. Well, I I, I, I just I'm think that watching was... this thing, and I'm waiting for them to reveal that they had been a couple or something because it's like your the axe that you have to grind is you fucking left me at the altar. Well, yeah, no, it was some bad sexual tension. Yeah. Like, it was just like, I'm upset with you. Good. I'm really upset with you. Good. Yeah, Wait, fun. why are you not upset? I feel like Scott Eastwood was like the nagging wife. Yeah. No. Just, he was just so upset, like, every time. Like, you're not helping with these cadets. I know, because I don't want to be here. But you're supposed to help me with the cadets. Well, but I don't want I to be, be here. here. Well, you could leave then. Yeah, but if I leave, then I'm screwed too. Well, then. Just... If I leave, I go to jail. Uh, yeah. John Boyega's character is kind of a shit, but he's a delightful shit. No. And it's hard because you know he's supposed to be the son of Idris Elba's character, and it's like they, they try to give him a little mustache, and they, they try, try to give him a big speech, and it's it doesn't work. No. Like, and that's fine. I mean, they're showing that he was the rebellious son and want to have the same duties as dad, yeah. but then kind of understands where his dad's coming from, and just the story in this is kind of a hot disaster because again, too much happening at once. Because you've also got the kids and their drama. Yeah. But for what it's worth, as much as the story is a hot disaster, the dialogue's pretty snappy. Yeah. Like, you just have some great moments of chemistry between all the characters, and the chemistry with all the all of the mechs is delightful. Like, again, you see Gypsy back, and it's just... Oh, well, New Gypsy's hot. Is new, the new Gypsy's pretty hot. Like, I enjoy how do it's... 10 out of 10 robot. It's it's big upgrade with another sword. Yeah, well... Why not? More sword, more better. No, well, it's, I'm sorry. It's standard. You know, we get to the end of Gundam. What do we give Amuro? We're going into the final war. Let's give him a second bazooka. Yes. What was the little... Was it Scrapper? Was yeah, the other one? Scrapper, the little I junk liked, bot. I love the little junk bot. Like, Scrapper was so cute, and I liked... 
I like the way that they incorporated Scrapper in the ending. Just being like, the only way we're going to be able to deal with this is if we launch Scrapper, so we yeah. got to use him. It's like, but Scrapper's a piece of shit, but well, we got to use him, so... It's like, look, we can still breach its fucking core. What do you want? <laughs> I just, I love Scrapper. But I'm always, like, a sucker for the bitty bots. So, you know, not those diaclone robots. <laughs> <laughs> diaclone! What about microchange? Me, <laughs> We've been watching a lot of the toys that made us, so you may run into that over the course of the rest of the summer. Yeah, just us, just... Me, you know. Or, man. no, no, the system. The system. <laughs> I like that guy, I'm sorry, he seems like a cool chap. <laughs> like, his job is Lego history. That's a pretty cool, cool job. job! Hello, I'm Danish, I'm the, the history of the historian of Lego. Take this very seriously. Yeah, and it's like I don't fault you for that, buddy. Like that's sort of sad that Lego doesn't really have giant robots. I think what Ninjago was the closest thing to potential giant uh, robots. No, there's Nexo Knights, and then there's some old school yeah. space stuff. You could probably piecemeal something out of Technic. Yeah. Yes, that's true, I, but that has nothing to do with Pacific Rim Uprising. We yeah. kind of got distracted for a no, minute. That was your fault. Yeah. I just wanted to say, me kudo man. Next, we're going to be talking about GoBots, and it's all just going to go straight to hell. Why haven't we talked about GoBots? Because we're going to talk about GoBots on this show. We're going to talk about Machine Robo Kronos. Yeah. Fair. But yeah, no, like, it was, it was good. It was, it was a really Saturday morning cartoon show, and that's both its benefit and its detriment. Yeah. Because with the first one, it was, it was, it was giant monsters versus giant robots. And it felt that. You felt like you were watching an old-era Godzilla monster movie, but done up to modern sensibilities. So, like, if Jet Jaguar had shown up in this, he wouldn't have felt outside because you would have had him feeling massive. Yeah. And this, they're, like, kicking off buildings and flipping around and shit. And, well, that's really cool. I appreciate that one of them has, like, a tail gunner position. Yeah. Right? Like, that's nifty. Like, that, that's a nifty thing to include. But these things weigh like a hundred tons. If it so much as brushes against a skyscraper, that skyscraper is paper. And I, I come back to, they, they tried to replicate like the, the doink on the Newton's Cradle from the first movie by having just tap that smart car. Yeah. And I'm like, I think everyone's done the giant wreck the city montage that ends with the slightest tap setting off the stupid car alarm joke. Poor Japan. Well, hey... The, the the one one scale unicorn Gundam survived, and that's really what's going to keep Japan going. Yeah. Mount Fuji did not blow up, and they still have the Gundam statue. So they're fine. They're, they're fine. Yeah, they're they're perfectly okay. I was amused at how this seemed to pull a page out of Ava. Like you have your organic mind mass produced chalk white units. Oh yeah, no, the, those 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 were the mass production Avas. Like yeah. I gave people a ton of shit for comparing Pacific Rim 1 to Ava before and after it came out. But no, the the, the drones, yeah, the, those are those are Ava, those are Ava 7 and up, right? Yeah, they really just needed the split mouth with a big fucking red-lipped smile. It was the only thing they were missing. Oh yeah. And honestly, this one I think was trying harder to be all the animu ever. Yeah, it's it's trying to hit a bunch of beats that are just familiar. Yeah, there's a lot of Ultraman in this. And again, this is the one where everything happens during the daytime. Yep. Almost. And to a point that's 
cool, like, again, you get the great team shot right at the final battle, the four of them standing there, big, you know, here's our weapons, great scene. I am a spinning doom ball. But you don't get any scene comparable to Gypsy walking over the top of you, dragging a fucking boat. And and that's it. Like, we don't have that on-the-ground perspective again, because Tokyo's evacuated. There's... There's, there's no reason... There, there's no stakes to this, really, except yeah. that this monster's dragging his butt towards the mountain. And apparently if he explodes, it's gonna terraform the shit out of planet Earth because rare Earth materials? I... I guess. Hand waving. Well, no, well, that shit exists, except anytime we run out of it or get close to running out of it, we just find other more commonplace materials we can use instead. So if these guys are really active terraformers... Shouldn't they have figured out a way to terraform with, like, aluminum and nitrogen by now? Well, it's it's like Dyson spheres, right? Yeah. If you have one, you'd never needed one to begin with. So you, like, again, any time I run across a Dyson sphere in science fiction, I'm like, someone did this for, like, a, this is someone's high school science project. Yeah. It's like, I built one. Yeah. It came in a kit. Those exist because you wanted to try to do that, not because you needed it. I'm just... Flipping through um, the wiki, trying to see if there's anything cool. What about the uh, the plotline with, is it, it's Gottlieb and, what was the other guy's name? The one that turned evil in this movie? Geisler. Geisler. Yeah. Well, again, Charlie Day being... I loved it! It was like Rita Repulsa! Well, okay. Beautiful. Evil Charlie, evil possessed Charlie Day is wonderful. But even just the idea that, oh god, he kept the brain, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Well, well, he kept of course the he brain. Kept of course he'd keep the brain. And of course he'd hook up to it at night. Yeah. And of course there's mad sexual tension between him and the brain. Yeah. Because, yeah. oh my god, Charlie Day made that really disturbing at times. He's just like, I'm hooked up to the brain. Oh yeah, baby! And it's like, please Fill stop. me with your brain goo! Please, please, please stop fucking the brain, Charlie. Please stop fucking the brain. Just, just, the gang. Oh. The gang invades Japan. Yeah. Are we going to go invade Japan, Scott? Yes. Are you gonna, like, find as many kaiju as you can? Yes. I'm staying here. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you have the important task of Dago. I'm also the closest thing Japan's had to a kaiju in years. <laughs> Probably. Push over the Chrysler building. Hold on a second. There. That'll be my trip to New York. Uh, I have to say that I was sad that they filmed this one in Australia. Did they? Yeah. Huh. Not Toronto. No, no chance to spot John Boyega. This time. This time. Somehow I think he'll be back in town again. Yeah. But for what reason? No. Cookies? I mean, well, he did have the uh, the pup rising there. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry, okay. that was the best promotional bit for this whole movie. So that'll get its own link. It is, as with, they teamed up with the California Humane Society to help get people to adopt puppies by dressing them up and having them wreck a tiny village made out of cardboard. And they named him after the characters in the movie. Well, of course. Yeah. And John Boyega would not put down the one that he named Gypsy. It was adorable. He was just like, I just, I love you so much! And by the dog. But yeah. I, I need to go fight Kaiju. But I love you so much! It's like, and, and again, John Boyega has the magic power of selling you for just about anything. Like, he sells you on this pup rising. It is. It is some intense shit. Like, alright, puppos, let's get ready to go. Be free. Fight the monsters. And they're just punching plushies. Or eating the plushies. Maybe that's what we need to do for Brew and Co. We'll make them a fake town that they can, you know, stop right. on top of. No. No? Nah. Brew, Brew would not on part of it. 
Mostly because it was at his level and how dare it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just sounds like the Overwatch Puppy Bowl, and that was remarkably <laughs> ineffective. That was... That's Surprisingly boring. The Overwatch Puppy Bowl only had one dog that was moving. Yeah, and the rest were just like, I'm going to lay here. I'm going to play with this. I'm going to sit in the corner. Oh. Yep. I'm going to nap. It's like, all right, so you clearly don't understand how payload and point works, so you are an Overwatch player. Great job, dog. <laughs> Poor uh, dog. <laughs> all right, so Pacific Rim, Uprising. How you feel? Thumbs up, thumbs down. I liked it overall. I... Okay, so... Quick vent on fans in general, sequel as an observation. One of my common complaints against fans when they'll rip apart just about anything that's a sequel is they'll make the statement of they wanted the same thing again. Yeah. Like, really, they'll they'll dance around that. People are mad at The Last Jedi because it is not anything of the original Star Wars. There are things to pick apart in that movie, but that movie is not irrevocable trash. But fans like getting the same thing again, but somehow different, but not so different that... It's not what they wanted. Like, I've made the argument that for, say, Doom Eternal, because that is New Doom 2, just do what Doom 2 did to Doom, more and better. More shotgun. Yeah, like, bigger levels, another shotgun, just more and better. Build upon and improve. And with this, I don't really feel like they did that. Like, I enjoy it. I, I'm not saying I don't. Again, Saturday Morning Cartoon Vibe is great. But this is available on Blu-ray right now. I've had no desire to buy this. I still might, but I, th I think the genre shift is the right choice because, again... Yes, I agree. Um, again, the, I'm going to point at some great sequels that switch tones yeah. to make it work. And I think, especially if they're trying to either make this part of, you know, their big kaiju multi-genre thing... Well, and that's kind of the question. Where are we going from like, here? Do, right? if, if they make another one, they kind of need to establish that... Yeah, yeah, no, the, the bad guys from the other thing are still credible as threats, so they need to keep this up, and they need to keep churning out cool toys for us to buy, and maybe they cross over with a Godzilla movie someday. Yeah, like, just, where are we going? Because right now, we've gone from giant robots, giant monsters, in a real old Hollywood of points feel. And that's, well, again, that's pure Del Toro. Yeah. And that's, you don't expect anything else from Del Toro. We've gone... From that to something that is very Saturday morning Sentai, and that's fine, but I kind of need to know where you're going next, because if you just do this again, yeah, I don't I'm think, not going to be interested. I think like Pacific Rim 3 does have to pivot again. I don't know to what, but maybe maybe it is the crossover where they fight King Kong. I don't know. Yeah, and you know what? That's it. If they, if they bend it into Legends Pictures... And they're fighting King Kong or Godzilla or Mothra, Rodan, King Ghidorah. Well, if they fight King Ghidorah, they'll fucking lose. Yeah. But, like, if they do Gamera, that... Gamera! Gamera! But Gamera's friend to all children, so Gamera yeah. would not fight these guys. No, they, they would understand each other and yeah. hug it out. But, like, so if, what he should be fighting is Kumamon. <laughs> Kumamon no. is a man in a... You belong by He's a man in a costume, and he just wants to do his weird little dance. But we can make it bigger. Even if he grows <laughs> to giant size, it, we are still in the Saturday morning cartoon show era. Yeah. Which I'm fine with! I'm... Okay. I agree that it's going to have to do another tonal shift and make another one. There's no questions asked about that. At the end of the day, I appreciate that this movie went in a vastly different direction mm -hmm. because I feel that if they'd basically done the same movie again, I think it would have lost a lot of what the franchise is attempting to become. Well, it's kind of a question of why, right? Yeah. I mean, this is a franchise where 
These are people making love letters to people who love giant robots. That's what it is. Be it Del Toro's beautiful motion picture shebang to this one being like, I'm a Saturday morning cartoon. I hold no bones about that. And I'm okay with it. Yeah. Like, I like that they're they're vastly different. And I, I'm happy when sequels do that. But I'm the type of person who would rather see sequels see a larger change and a larger tonal shift than getting the same goddamn movie over again. Well, that's it's just why I didn't too. hate it's why I didn't hate The Last Jedi. Yeah. I thought it was too fucking long for its own good, but I appreciate that, again, it was doing something a little bit different to distinguish itself away from The Force Awakens, yeah. to distinguish itself away from the original trilogy, and then that piece of shit prequel trilogy that we don't speak of. Um, I think that... Local talent. Local talent. I think, truthfully, if they're going to go another route, I think they got to draw from more of the giant robots universe that are out there. Maybe go the Guyver route. I mean, well, I, I say that that's jokingly. Little, that's too messy to run in China. I say that jokingly, but at the same time, you can both fucking picture it. Well, no, all I'm now picturing is David Hayter. I was picturing, yes! I was picturing Mark Hamill turning into a bug. I'm okay with all of these. I'm just saying. I, we, have we done a live-action Guyver episode? No, we've not talked about the live-action Guyver. We can fucking do that. Okay, we can Round, we can round, we can end up we can finish the summer we're talking about Guyver. Yeah. Actually we we've already discussed what the last thing is. Oh yeah. Well, well we can still do that. We can still put it on the list. We can now. still do that before the other thing that we're not telling you all about, but we may have did that already. Yeah. Awkward yeah. roundabout. Yeah. I don't know. If it just continues to borrow from the giant robot shows that are out there, I'm fine with it. I want it to be a fun franchise and I don't know. Like there's just so much you can take from and so many ways to blend it, and I don't feel like Evangelion is necessarily the best route to constantly borrow from. Um, but it's the greatest anime, anime of all time. time. I call bullshit. I think it's one of the most boring fucking pieces of anime of all time. Shout out to Chris for that year he worked at Suncoast and peeled all of those stickers off and put them on other anime. <laughs> you poor smear. I can respect that. Like very carefully, very sticky, peeled that sticker off the Ava box and literally put it on. Almost anything else in the store. See, I would put that on a Rusty Doji just to see what would happen. <laughs> oh, but, God. Is I'm, this the greatest anime ever? I don't know. How sane are you? I'm in the minority. Ava bored me. I didn't mind it so much when I was a teen and I was an angsty little fuckwit. But I'm older now. And I'm wiser. And the only thing I cared about was whether or not Retsuko and Maya would have, like, a fucking shag fest or not. Nope. And they never did, so I'm disappointed, so Ava can go suck its own dick. Well, Retsuko's just way too intent on, I know. Uh, that choice Gendo meets. <laughs> yeah. <a> mom <laughs> Delicious. Anyways, what have you two, though? Okay, no, I think we're, we are all over the place, but also winding down. Look, it's been a well, while since we've done what one of these. What are your thoughts on it, right? Okay, so, again, I, I've been bouncing off you guys, but it's fun. It's fine. Yeah, it's Saturday morning popcorn-y. I think that's, it, that's not a bad thing. It's just, it's, it is what it is. It's a fun little thing. Watching Charlie Day be as Charlie Day as possible is, I thought he was the perfect is delightful. Like, well, he beats Elizabeth Banks, and that says a lot right yeah, there. Well, no. That's a low bar to clear. <laughs> you know, we could, you know what? We need Charlie Day talking about how much he needs to go to IHOP. No. Okay, we never did review the the, the live action Power Rangers, and we're gonna keep that up. Nah, that could happen. That Fuck. could happen someday. I am for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> I think you and I watched it. We were just like, 
Why are we enjoying this? There is a part of us that shouldn't. But no, no. This this is actually a pretty good Power Rangers movie. Yeah. Is is really what it comes down to? Uh, Charlie Day is a delight to watch. Scott Eastwood is like this somehow anti charming. Like he is on. He has non charisma. He's a charisma vacuum. Yeah. The problem is he's kind of like Jason Momoa, but he got more screen time, so it's even more evident. Yeah. But he was, like, adorable in his dad-like ways. He basically was Bunker Dad. Yeah. Well, he's trying... Don't do that! Hey! Don't do that! Thank you, Marge. Okay, so, if we're talking about this as a Power Rangers movie... Yeah. How does it shape up versus, like, Power Rangers the movie and, like, fucking Ivan Ooze and shit? Like, how, how does this shape up? Well, I think... If you had to sit down, if you have to choose between this and Ivan Ooze... Charlie Day or Ivan Ooze. Yeah. And I mean, that, those are similar levels of ham. Yeah. It's a hard choice. That's a hard call. And I'm, I'm really leaning towards Power Rangers the movie, but it's, it's not an easy lean. I'm like, no, no, if you put these two in front of me, I'm only kind of leaning on that. And this is going to sound terrible because of its production value. Look. Its production values at the time were really good. Maybe we need to pull the internet. No! No! Maybe because we just need to we... pull each other, and the answer is... And I can't believe it, I have a news. No. Like, if I we... mean, I think Charlie Day was borrowing from all of the main Power Ranger villains, because I felt like he just had a bit of each one of their personalities. Like, whenever he would laugh, it's like, oh my god, that's the Rita Repulsa laugh, yeah. and that's terrifying. And then he'd walk around and be like, I'm having brain gasms! This is amazing! And it's like, oh, it's Ivan Ooze. That's fantastic. Um, Ivan Ooze still scares me more, though. That's fair. Well, this is He's it. He's also purple. Like, again, as, as much as you want to say that, oh, yeah, no, this, this the, the Ivan Ooze is great, you do have to put up with, like, Johnny Young Bosch. Yeah. And I'm sorry, like, for all of the non-charisma Scott Eastwood has. Oh, yeah. Johnny, like, li- little baby face Johnny Bosch going, I'm the frog. It's like, like, no. no. Just no. I'm, I'm, I, like, I'm not putting up with those teenagers compared to the teenagers we got in this, who were all interesting. And yeah. actually felt like teenagers. Yeah, they felt like teenagers. Man, when Suresh died, though. Ooh. That was Ooh. rough, man. Was that his name? Yes. Oh. He could have been a plastic surgeon. He wasn't going to be. I basically had him pegged his corpse from jump. That's why I didn't retain it. I was just like, oh, the, you're the dead one. <laughs> okay. Keep stealing all the Jaeger bits. Hope to make a better robot. Well, I, it is good. Yeah, I, I liked it. I Again, if I'm walking by it and see it on DVD, I might just grab it. But it's... I, I remember when it came out, I think I got the email from Amazon. It's like, oh yeah, that is out today. And I have no reason to not one-click it. Yeah. But I just was like, eh, maybe later. Yeah. Sale. I, not even necessarily sale, just like, now I feel like it. I'll be intrigued to see where they go next. Yeah. Because that's that's going to be really the tell for me. I, and, again, I don't need it. I'd almost be fine if it was something kind of between the two. Like, give me that mass. I think uh, that's what the second comic was. Yeah. But, like, give me that feeling of mass. Give me that feeling of these things are a genuine hazard. And still give me the Saturday morning cartoon robots. Like if you want to go, if you want to go that route, if you basically want to go classic Godzilla versus Jet Jaguar, well, I'm sorry, I fucking watch that and I love it. So, yeah, like it's not bad, not by any stretch. If you're a fan of the first one, watch it. Yeah, no, I would, I again, fine Saturday afternoon, right? Yeah, like that's it. If you're clicking through TV and it's up on Peachtree, because 
who else is going to fucking run this thing on the middle, like on the middle of a Sunday afternoon? But Peachtree TV because it's that or arachnophobia. God, how many times? I swear I watched Arachnophobia like nine times one year because they ran it like every like was, every Wednesday or something. I was not convinced they licensed all their movies. Like, I was certain their syndication schedule was just, we have one movie we're allowed to watch, Arachnophobia. No, it was Arachnophobia or Shawshank. Yes. But yeah, like, if, if you bump into it, watch it. You're not down anything. It's actually a pretty good show. If you got kids handy, be like, hey, kids, sit, watch. I do kind of want to buy the kids. Yeah. Like, there, there's there's high grades from Bandai. They've got support for the, the light bulbs, so you can have, you know, the glowy reactor cores. Oh, neat. Yeah. That's spiffy. And again... Two swords. Two swords. The greatest of all upgrades. Nope. Double sword. And with that, go begin summer. Alright, next time, Gundam. Dun, dun. Have a good night, everybody. Good night. Look, we made an episode. Woo. I thought they smelled bad. On the outside. Thank you for listening. I Thought They Smell Bad on the Outside is released under a Creative Commons Attribution, not commercial, no derivative works, share alike license, version 3.0 international. Visit sbopodcast.com for past episodes and links to subscribe.